Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about the story that moves you. I'm so glad to have you here with us. I appreciate the time that we get to spend together to talk about the most incredibly amazing person in this whole world, you. That's right. Everything you do is amazing, and the world needs you. I'm so glad to be able to spend time together today with you to talk about the story of you. What is that story, and how does it move you? Have you ever watched a reality show? Every single reality show has one thing in common, or at least one thing in common with the folks that uh, you know, stick around for a while and end up winning and those kind of things. And that's the story, that come from story, that horrible, tragic thing that happened in their life. I actually have a buddy of mine that that's part of what his company does in helping people come up with their personal brand is he helps them really dive into that really awful, icky, horrible from that they came from to this amazing point where they're now on the show and ready to be able to be the next, you know, whatever. Um, now, I'm not saying that necessarily you have to go to the extent that some of those people do. I mean, we all know the situations of people that are reality TV people that have made up stories. But I am talking about the truth, about the real story that really, truly moves you. What is that thing that gets you from the, I'm going to do that someday list, to that, oh my gosh, did you see what I did list? What are the things that drive you to get out of bed? I mean, let's face it, some days you're really comfortable in that bed and it'd be nice to just lay there and sleep all day. But there's a story that moves you. There's a passion that drives you. And when you tell that story, when you really tell it, when you really express that to others, then you also find that you are driving and moving other people to action as well. And that's a pretty cool thing when you can tell your story and you can inspire and impact other people's lives. So to help reiterate this and to bring it in closer and help you really thrive, today what we're going to do is talk with three guests about their stories and the things they do in this world to help others be able to move, drive, live, and yes, thrive from where they were to where they need to go in this life. With that said, let's jump in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming Carrie Conley. Hey, Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, thanks. So first off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Uh, so I'm a speaker, author. I have my own podcast called Moving Through and Beyond uh, that I launched a year ago. And I'm known as a vision expert. So basically what I help people do get what I call, you know, there's someday plan, Steve, you know, that thing that's kind of rolling around your dream and you're hoping and wishing and praying it's going to happen one day. Uh, I kind of help people guide them to getting it out of their head and onto paper so they can actually execute no matter what's going on in their life. 
That is awesome. So when we take those big dreams in our head and we try to bring them down into reality, um, a lot of people don't even know truly who they are. So do you help them with that or do you start where they're at a place where they already kind of know who they are? Where, yeah. where do you start with them? Um, you know, I, I work with people of all ages, backgrounds, uh, wherever they're at in life. And as a matter of fact, I have a really big heart right now for young adults um, who are trying to move through this world because um, they most of them will tell you that they just feel like they're kind of drifting and they don't really know what they really want. And the reason they don't know is because nobody's asked them. So I get people to sit down in a very quiet space. And um, I actually have a, a downloadable free book that I can give your listeners at the end, if you'd like, where I get them to write it on paper like they've never written before. And I get them to think three years out and in every area of their life, just start dreaming. You know, what do they want it to look like three years from, from that, you know, on that day, thinking about how old they will be and what kind of lifestyle they want. Um, you know, what do they want to be doing in their career? Do they want to make some shifts? Do they have a dream that they're not going after right now that they can start taking some baby steps in that direction? I just feel like, you know, we don't have a world or an educational system yet that teaches um, kids and young adults how to really dream and really follow their own heart. And that's my whole mission. I love that. So when we begin to even get permission to dream, um, what is the first step that we take in order to be able to really learn what our heart is saying to us? Yeah. So I'll use my story as an example. When I was in my late twenties, which this was the late eighties. So it was a while ago. Um, I was doing what I was told to do and what we still tell kids to do, which was, you know, get, go to school, get the degree, get the good job, uh, and work your way up the ranks. And I was just not happy. I was changing jobs every two years because I just felt like I hadn't found the right job. And really what was happening, Steve, is I, I wasn't cut out for that mold of being an employee. And I think a lot of people at some point figure that out. <laughs> uh, they want to have flexibility. They want to be their own boss. They want to follow their passion. And for me, at that moment, my passion was that I wanted to um, launch a business so I could stay home and, and raise my kids and build a really great lifestyle around that. And during that journey, I learned that the way that I did that and helped other people was with vision writing, writing out their vision and then breaking down the big vision into bite-sized goals. So I think a lot of times when I work with people, Steve, again, no matter what age or what background or where they are at financially or relationally at this point in their life, I think a lot of us have something that we know we are called to do we're just not following it because we're not spending time really focusing on it and taking baby steps towards it. It's a big thing. You know, you've got a great, big, beautiful vision. The next thing is you need to break it down into goals and just baby steps that you can take every day um, so that you can stay consistent towards that goal and that dream and see it come to fruition. I love that. It's like the old saying, how do you, how do you eat an elephant one yep. bite at a time? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had no idea, you know, and, and and I have big goals and aspirations I'm going after right now. Um, what I see three years from now, what our team is working on for between now and next year. And we just every day take it one step at a time. And each of us knows intentionally what we're supposed to be doing with this day. Um, and that's all it is. It's just, it's not, you have don't have to take these big monumental overnight leaps that are super overwhelming and very scary. It's just one thing at a time. 
Love that. So you work with, um, you said people of all ages, what's your favorite group of people to get, you know, get your hands on, if you will? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, historically, when I started doing this about 12 years ago, officially, I ended up working with mostly female service-based entrepreneurs that did not have a powerful vision of where they were going. And because they didn't have a vision, they did not have a um, monetizing game plan in writing. They didn't have a business plan. So for many years, that's who I coach and I work with. And I still do have a handful of those clients that come to me and want to be better at that. But my heart really is towards young adults right now. Um, I don't think I've said this yet, but I've lost um, two family members to suicide in the past nine years. I lost my husband in 2014, and then I lost my 25-year-old son six years ago, uh, also to suicide. And so the ones that I want to wrap my arms around right now are the the kids that are, you know, early 20s to mid 30s, um, because they are kind of a, they're, they're, they're struggling and there's no, it's no secret that they're struggling. And there's really kind of a, not a lot of support for them right now. So I'm working on building a community specifically for young adults to launch between now and the end of the year. Ooh, tell us more about the community. What kind of things will people find in it? You know, we're, we're, we're building that literally as we're talking. So, but I'll give you an idea of what I see. I definitely, of course, want to work with them on their vision, their purpose, goal setting, following their dream. But I also know that they are struggling with um, putting boundaries around their relationships, healthier boundaries, healthier rela- relationships. They are dealing a lot with financial stress. A lot of them are, you know, going to school, coming out with a massive amounts of debt that are, they're already saddled with. Um, they don't know how to manage money or budget money so that they can get out of debt and start building wealth. They also are, um, unfortunately, they are also dealing with grief because now more than ever, a lot of these guys, by the time they get out of high school and college have been met with some sort of trauma, um, because of the suicide rates and because of, um, you know, addictions and all the things, right? So there's a lot happening for them right now. And so I just want to bring them in so that they have a community. Isolation and loneliness is very, very high uh, statistically in this age group as well. So I think they just need to know that they're being heard, that they have mentors that are pouring into them um, and that they can find, you know, a tribe of people that are, they can lock arms with. Mm, I love that. So what would you say is the biggest thing that you find people struggling with um, that keeps them from really uh, having a, I love this word, victory vision? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Number one, nobody's told them that they could sit down and write it. So that's what kind of my job and the other people on this planet that are teaching people how to get it out of their head and onto paper so that they can take, you know, put a game plan around it. Um, the other thing that happens, so when I do, when I facilitate a live workshop, Steve, or somebody goes through the workbook that I'm going to give you here in a minute, um, you will, I will talk to them about, okay, talk to me about how you feel when you write your three-year vision. And a lot of them will say, you know, this is exciting. This gives me hope. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to start working towards this. But a lot of words are, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, a lot of resistance (laughs) and it's all just because they doubt themselves and they can't see beyond where they are right now. And so what I encourage everybody to do is to just not worry about the how the, how will come, 
You've got to get clear on the vision and the direction of your heart that you really want to go. Because I do believe wholeheartedly that we were all sent to this planet with one mission to accomplish. And we just lose sight of that. And we get bogged down in all the fear and the doubt. And we just, the vision is what propelled me through all of that myself. Every time I had resistance or a fear or I got stuck somewhere, my vision was so big and I wanted it so bad, Steve, that I just pushed through and got over it. And that's just really what I want people to know is that it will help propel you through whatever you're feeling at this moment. Absolutely, it will. So let's go into teacher mode for a couple of minutes here and let's spend some time giving somebody that's just starting on this journey, something that they could do right now today that would help them um, have a bigger vision or have any kind of a vision for their life. Yeah. So the gift that I want to give your listeners is my first book in a free downloadable form. And it's a workbook. So they literally can download it and now start writing their vision. And the way you get this book, it's called Vision is Victory, which you mentioned. And they can text the word VICTORY, all in caps, to 26786. And what I want them to do is number one, find some quiet time, niche out, you know, two, three hours away from phones, away from your family, away from everything so that you can sit down and literally write out from your heart in every area of your life, what you see it looking like and what you dream for it to be three years from today. Don't leave anything out because you don't know the how. And lastly, just watch the words, you know, words are very powerful. Don't use words like someday I'm hoping this will happen. We'll see. Yeah, be very, very affirming because the brain goes to work at whatever we tell it. So use words like I've done, I'm doing, I'm working on, uh, we did this. So just be really, really powerful with the words and with your intentions and don't leave anything out. Oh, I love that so much. I have this uh, friend that's also a coach of mine that had me started doing gratitudes every day. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember asking her, I was like, you know, I wasn't very grateful today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There are days when you don't feel it. There were days when I was launching my first business. I wanted to quit so bad, Steve. It was just so hard. Um, But yes, the vision helped push me through that. Also gratitudes. I write gratitudes every day as well. Um, And it's helped me get through some really tough stuff. Um, Because again, it's, you know, just training the mind to be finding gratitude and, and being grateful for all the, all the little things, not just the big things. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that she encouraged me to do is, uh, be gratified, be, be grateful, <laughs> be, <laughs> learn how New to speak. Word. Um, be grateful for the things that you want in your life and begin to see them as being something that exists now rather than like you said, I loved how you put that. So that's really cool stuff. Tell us again, in case people didn't have a pen or whatever, what they yeah. need to do to get that free gift. Yeah. So just text the word victory, all in caps, to 26786. And you will immediately get the book so you can download it and work through it. And what will also happen is you'll um, end up getting my weekly new- newsletter with weekly encouragement and the announcements of this young adult thing I'm launching and everything else going on. So yeah, 26786, just type the word victory and you'll get the book. Well, before I let you go, uh, give us some words of encouragement, uh, help people who maybe don't feel grateful today uh, to see the vision for victory in their life. 
I think the bigger thing, biggest thing right now we need more of is you've got to be reaching up to people and letting them know how you feel. Um, it's, there's no shame in having days where you just, like you said, I don't feel grateful today, right? <laughs> we all get there. But I think the thing we don't do enough of that is so needed, especially for our mental health is we've got to be able to reach up to people and say, Hey, I just have to share with somebody how I'm feeling today. Um, and choose wisely, go to the people that, you know, are going to encourage you or remind you, um, that you are an awesome human being and that everything is going to be okay. Well, I love that. Harry, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you for having me. I've, I've loved it. How powerful is moving beyond to be real with what was, but then to move forward into those things that you just need to get done. The stuff that needs to move off of your to-do list or your never going to happen list into the I got that done, that powerful, amazing feeling that you have inside when you make a plan, you execute on a plan, and you make the difference today in the world that you can make. What a great way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll take our first break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you... I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. Steve, welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about the story that moves you. In the first segment, we talked about your vision, moving things from that someday plan into something that you execute. Now we want to keep on that and we want to talk more about the story that moves you and others and the kind of things that you can do in life that can really help you and others thrive in what they do in their life. With that said, here's our next guest. Join me in welcoming Jean Ann Booth. Hey, Jean Ann, how are you doing today? I am fantastic and, and really thrilled to be here. Glad so much to have you with us. First off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. <laughs> about me and how I show up in the world. Well, um, I'm an electrical engineer and a serial entrepreneur. And I would have to say probably the way I show up in the world. <laughs> Look, Fred's helping me out. I'd have to say the way that I show up in the world is is um, with tenacity. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us about um, some of the companies that you've ran and some of the cool things you've done in business. Yeah. So, so um, I actually started out, you know, just as a normal engineer. 
Um, but somewhere along the line, um, I ended up joining a startup. That one failed. Um, it was a semiconductor startup. But from that, um, I became part of the founding team for another semiconductor startup. And we sold that one to Apple. Um, and then I started another semiconductor startup and we sold that one to Texas Instruments. And then funny enough, <laughs> I retired. And um, then my mom turned 80. And so I came out of retirement um, to start my current company for and with my mom. Oh, that's fun. So talk to us about that company and what you and your mom are doing. So, so yeah, the company name is Unaliware. Um, and the product is actually the only 24-7 medical alarm on the wrist with automatic fall detection connected to medical alarm call centers. And so um, the name of the product is Kanega Watch. And, and the where that all comes from is, is Unali is Cherokee for friend and Kanega is Cherokee for speak. So we're the friend who speaks to you. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, we've all seen the commercials, the I've fallen and I can't get up and you got to push the button. You got to remember to have it on you. All of those kind of things. Um, tell us the difference about what's different uh, with your device than the one that we've seen on TV. Sure. So, so, you know, my, my mom, she, when she turned 80, we, we had that usual talk about all of those things. And my mom was a model and um, she looked at me and made very clear that, that she was not going to be wearing a pendant. <laughs> and, and you can imagine, you know, what it's like to, to grow up, you know, your mom is a model and you're going to grow up and be an engineer. You know, they, these are not people that have a lot in common. <laughs> And so I told mom, I said, well, you know, now, now we're finally going to get that opportunity to see what the value is of, um, you know, the life I live so that we can put together something that you would be willing to wear. And, and the things that were truly different about it is, um, so first of all, I started this company 10 years ago. So it's wrist worn, it has cellular, it has Wi-Fi, it has GPS. It's speech enabled, you talk to the watch, it talks to you. And we have a patented battery system in the band that means you never take it off to charge. If you, and if you think, if you can cast your head back 10 years, that was actually before the Apple Watch even came out. So you can imagine, you know, what people said as I'm out there trying to raise money for the company and going, yeah, you know, it's a watch, it looks good. You talk to it, it talks to you. You never have to take it off to charge goes wherever you want to go. And they're all looking at me going, she's crazy. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, um, and you said it has automatic fall detection, which is really cool, um, you know, because let's face it, most of the time that you fall, um, you're not necessarily in a place where you can push a button or tell your watch or any of those kind of things. You got other stuff you're usually dealing with, but how does it distinguish between when you fell and when, you know, you're doing push-ups or something like that? Exactly. And, and, um, you know, nowadays you can talk about artificial intelligence and it doesn't freak people out. Um, but, but our patented technology that, that, um, I patented back in 2013, I called it user-specific big data. And, and basically the idea was this, you know, I don't really care what 
happens in the weight of the 70 plus million people in the United States who are above the age of 65, but I care enormously about the movement patterns that my mom makes and if there's a change, especially if that change is a degradation. And so the way that we actually do our fall detection is it is actually artificial intelligence, machine learning on real live fall data of real live people. And that's super important because um, false falls are really hard because it makes people not wear a medical alert. And um, also the algorithms that you use to determine it is a fall and not a pushup you know, if if you try to create those, like um, most of the fall detection algorithms were actually done by hiring actors to fall um, or getting researchers in a college, right? So th the way a 20-year-old fakes a fall and an 80-year-old actually falls is very, very different. And the end result of that is that that the falls get missed. So not with a Canega watch. I love that. And I mean, I think that's really important too, because um, there's been a lot of conversation without, you know, going down that path about the difference between, uh, you know, one 85-year-old and another 85-year-old. I mean, my mom, she'll probably outlive all of us, you know, <laughs> um, does an incredibly great job of getting up and getting back down. In fact, I think she's probably better at it than I am being 56, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's, I mean, that's totally true. I mean, age is truly just a number. We don't really have the the right terminology um, to, to talk about the differences, but there are definitely differences in your life, right? So, so as an example, we, we have um, a number of wearers who have an Apple watch on one hand um, because they love, you know, calendar and whatever else they do with their Apple watch. Um, but they wear a Canega watch on the other hand, because we're the only 24 seven medical alert and our fall detection is actually built on older adults. And, and, you know, fall detection on an Apple Watch is, is relatively good at what younger people to, tend to do, which is, is the foosh, right? You ask any, any uh, orthopedic surgeon, right? The fall with outstretched hands. That's, that's what younger people do. That tends not to be what older people do. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I, I totally get that. So, uh, you know, I mean, it then contacts you or it con calls 911 or, or what kind of services are set up on it when a person falls? Yeah, so so first of all, it asks you if it's a real fall. And if you don't respond, you know, you can you can say, yes, it is, in which case it'll contact the medical alarm call center right away. Um, or if you don't respond, it'll begin escalation, which ends in it actually speaking out loud, which it usually doesn't do because, you know, who knows where you are, right? It's embarrassing when when you, you speak out loud. Um, and so if if that escalation is still not responded to, then it then it will go ahead and contact the medical alarm call center. And the difference is that with a medical alarm call center, they dispatch the same folks, right? The same fire truck, ambulance, sheriff, you know, it depends on where you are, but they do so by being able to say who you're going to see and what's special about them, 
which is an issue in my my demographic because you know we tend to to have a few extra challenges as we go older and so being able to say hey you guys um Jean Ann fell um it's it's Jean Ann you're going to see she's allergic to aspirin and she's got diabetes it's handy for those guys to know that before they show up and 911 can't do that all they can say is you know dispatch to this address I love the UN, the intuitive nature of it, um, as well as all the information that it has. Because I mean, when you just push a button um, and it just calls nine one one, I mean, who knows what you're getting into? The cat could have jumped on it, or uh, you know, it could be somebody who's bleeding out. You know, and how quickly do you respond to that? So, are there nuances in response when uh, you know after it's triggered? Yeah, and, and actually, this is something that people aren't really aware of. Um, so, so if you have a device that does an automatic alarm to 911, um, that's actually called, funny enough, a device alarm. And depending on how understaffed um, and overloaded that 911 uh, call center is, um, and most of them are, are way understaffed, then they end up making choices to take all device alarms and put them at the bottom of the queue, right? So, so when you have, um, you know, a non-medical alert that has fall detection and it and it calls nine one one, you know, if you're in LA, if you know, heck, even if you're here in Austin, Texas, where I live, it, it could be hours before anybody may or may not respond to that because it's just a device alert. The difference with the medical alarm call center is it's not a device alert, it's a human who's saying, this is a medical alert. You're going to see Jeanne. She has diabetes, she's allergic to aspirin. Here's where she is. And, and so that goes to the top of the queue. I love that so much. So the other question I had for you, you know, you were mentioning the fact that your mom was a model. She wanted to wear something that looked fashionable. Um, and I know somebody's going to just totally disagree with me, but I wouldn't say that I would necessarily call the Apple Watch something that someone that's fashion conscious is really bragging about. Look at my cool new Apple Watch. You know, if you're 20, yeah, maybe. But, you know, an older fashion conscious lady, probably not. Is there some differentiators in the way that the thing looks and and uh, and your mom's feeling about it, or or am I totally off? Well, I mean, you know, so <laughs> the funny thing about fashion is if you've talked to one person, you've talked to one person. But <laughs> um, that's the engineer's perspective on fashion, um, which which probably doesn't have a whole lot of value. Um, but, but I will tell you this. So, so, um, my mom, by the way, she's, she's gone now, but, um, this is her legacy and, and she was personally responsible for about the first 100 of the 400 people who came through our focus groups as we were doing the original design of the Canega watch. And one of the things that came out of it pretty quickly was, um, you know, at the time, again, remember, I started the company, Apple Watch wasn't out, but it was rumored. And so that that square display form factor, um, you know, we tested some stuff and said, would you wear this? Would you do this? And everybody said no. And so so we actually went out and and obtained essentially a custom round display to be able to use with a Canega watch 
um, so that it looks like a watch to the people who are, are wearing it. And we did other things too that are specific for, you know, the, for the demographic. It's, it's a very bright white on black. So if you have any visual acuity issues, um, glaucoma, yellowing of vision, then it's, it's so much easier to see. Um, it's super loud. Uh, the speaker is a full watt. Um, and so that helps to deal with some of the other, you know, challenges that you deal with during aging. So, so we did a, we did a lot of stuff uh, along those lines. I won't say that, um, I mean, I think a Canega watch looks pretty good, but then again, <laughs> I'm an engineer. <laughs> well, but I still think it's important. I mean, even from an engineer standpoint, if you're like, Hey, you know, I'd rather watch this, wear this one than than wear the Apple Watch. I mean, I think that makes a whole lot of statement, you know, because that isn't necessarily what engineers are thinking when they're building things all the time. <laughs> well, and frankly, that was um, that was the epiphany when I had the very first conversation with my mom. You know, I, I did the engineering thing. I showed up with a spreadsheet with all of the solutions. This one has a pink button and this one has a blue button and this one has a red button. And um, and she she made it clear she wasn't going to wear any of those. And I, I kind of went away, you know, a little a little disheartened. You know, how am I going to keep my mom independent and safe? Because um, I want her to be independent and safe. But but I also, you know, want her to be independent. And, and as I was heading home from her place, uh, I, I realized, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't wear a um, I wouldn't actually wear a pendant. Um, and, and I am an engineer, right? I, I do not have the style sense that my mom had. Um, I am totally willing to go out of my grunge clothes, um, but I still wouldn't wear a pendant. And at that point I was like, okay, <laughs> we could do better than this. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, I mean, even with just what you've told us, I know there's people out there that would love to get it for themselves or for a parent. I'm actually even thinking about my own mom right this minute. Um, talk to us about uh, where people can find them, how they can get a hold of you, all those kind of things to be able to get their own Kaneka watch. Sure. I mean, if if uh, if you'd like a Kaneka watch for yourself or your loved one, if you're doing it for your loved one, I I request. Um, out of out of my love for the demographic that that you guys do this together. Um, but if you're doing it for yourself, go to town. Uh, we sell completely online direct to consumer. And so you go to unaliware.com and that is U-N-A-L-I-W-E-A-R.com. And if uh, there's a referral box in the order form, if you put Steve Kidd, K-I-D-D, in there, then we will give you one month free on your annual subscription. That is awesome. Well, Jean Ann, before I let you go, um, are there any other cool features that, you know, because I wouldn't even think to think about it that the, the watch does that you'd like to tell us about? You know, I, I, I think um, one of the other things that, um, you know, like, like it's it's been a decade now. And um, one of the other things that is important to what we did in the design of the, the watch, first of all, being 24 seven with our patented battery system um, in the band. The reason we did that is because the number one cause of injury death among seniors is falls, mostly in the bathroom at night. 
And so any other solution, if you can't wear it when you're in bed, is probably not a solution that's going to keep you safe. And, and that's our goal, right? We're, we're here to extend independence with dignity. And, and the other piece that goes with that is also um, a, an understanding that as you age, that, that chemical signal in the hypothalamus that says I'm thirsty quits working all that well. And so older adults are chronically dehydrated. And if you happen to be an older adult that also has a mobility challenge, you actually do it to yourself on purpose, right? So the consequence of that is that you lack the galvanic skin response that powers touch technology. And that's the real reason that the interface to a Kanega watch there is a button that's cleverly disguised as a crown button, but most of the time the interface to the Kanega watch is speech because for most older adults, touch is not gonna work. I love that so much. So many more things that I'm sure we could talk about with it, but I think people have learned enough that really, wow, what a great alternative. Jeanne, thanks so much for the time that you spent and that your mom helped you with it and, and all that you're doing out there in the world. I look forward to hearing more about it. Thanks so much for being with us here on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. That watch sounds so cool. I want one of those for me and for my mom too, and for you as well. But the story behind it, Again, did you hear the story? How moving was that? And how much did it make you feel attached and like, oh yeah, that is the one of those kind of devices that I do totally want and I want for my loved ones. You see, it's the story that moves you. It's the story that moved her to come out of retirement and do the thing that she's now doing. And it's a story that makes you now go, hmm, that's something I want. And that is a powerful way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about the story that moves you and often it moves others as well. We've talked about moving from this someday plan. We've shown you a perfect example of a person's story that moved you. Now let's talk about how you can share your story with the world in a powerful way that makes people want to be part of what you're doing. Because that's what we want, isn't it? We want to have a story that moves us, that then makes other people take action as well. So here we go with our next guest. Join me in welcoming 
Courtney Bagby. Hey, Courtney, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Thanks. To kick us off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Courtney Bagby Lupillen, and I am the founder and CEO of Little Red Management, where I actually handle a lot of brand deals and social media campaigns for um, anyone that you see on Instagram and TikTok that has a following. So reality stars, YouTubers, content creators in general, you name it. Oh, well, do dish. Have you worked with anybody really cool that we just really want to know about? You know, it's so funny, Steve, because I feel like it really just depends on the shows you watch. So I do manage a few people from Love is Blind, Bachelorette and Bachelor, um, Claire Crawley, Becca Kufrin. I work with Deep Deep and Patty, um, people from The Circle, The Challenge, Teen Mom all the things, um, and also like some fun recipe content creators too. So I don't want to leave them out because <laughs> they're uh, also taking over the world over here. That's awesome. So in addition to the really cool, we hope, uh, you know, famous people and stuff, do you have a program or work that you do with, with us regular everyday kind of people? You know, I, I mean, I work with everyone all the time. My emails are sort of all with, um, all with, you know, brands, but I think, are you talking about sort of someone that maybe doesn't have as large as a following and get brand deals for them? Yes. <laughs> so I would say I typically have um, I typically have to just make sure that you can create bomb content and high quality content. And especially with, um, you know, a lot more UCG videos, which is user generated content becoming popular. Um, and, and that really can mean Steve that anyone, me, you can create high quality content for brands, sort of like being a model, right? That, they can create content for brands that brands will actually pay for. So like even me, like I've done a deal with a wine brand and yes, it might've only been a hundred, $200, but I have still been paid for creating content and um, them actually using my face and content. So um, do I do that a lot? Not necessarily. Um, mostly a lot of my campaigns are upwards of a thousand dollars and with content creators, upwards of 25k 100k even a million but um it's definitely possible so these days of course everybody wants to be an influencer um but how do we get started i mean how would we be at a level where somebody like you would it would even be worth your time to take a meeting with us yeah so i I do feel like it comes down to consistency and high quality content. And so if you, and finding your niche, Steve, too, like finding something that, you know, brands will find entertaining and, and want you to be a part of their brand in some capacity with your looks, right? Like, or even just whatever your niche is, like, you know, if you're a foodie creating good content of, recipes and, and being able to take content on food. So really, I think it comes with 
consistency and 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 putting out good video video is a big keyword here video content and and being consistent with it if i see someone and they post one two even only like four times a month i just don't think that they that they take this job as their full-time job and as seriously um as seriously as they should if they want to make money because I don't think that you can make a full-time salary and therefore even need management if you're not going to make it your full-time job. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So say a person (laughs) is, um, you know, is really good at doing lives, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, wherever, you know, um, but they don't really have a huge following. Um, are there things that they're probably not doing right? Or is it just a matter of uh, time or, or, or what do you think is the issue for them? In order to like get, get their name across. I mean, yeah. look, like I feel like lies. I am, I'm not going to lie. Like me in Facebook, it's not sort of my specialty. I more so know Instagram and TikTok, but I do feel like the main way to grow is not necessarily through lives. It's more about video content and making sure that those pop off. So I, I think that that could be the number one reason, the reason that you're not growing, um, and getting as much attention. Cause I do think it comes down to a consistent, like social media schedule and actually like posting video content um because I really think static posts and and lives are are not sort of going to reach new audiences Mm, I love that I have a really great uh pitch for you I know you get pitched all the time but um, (laughs) I've been thinking about this one for a long time so I have a little dog her name's Mocha she's a nine or ten pound depending on how fat I'm making her that week a little Yorkie Um, and I want her to read um not too racy but uh, adult literature and her (laughs) cute little voice so what do you think about that for a um for a TikTok series (laughs) I mean, let me tell you, I think that it, I mean, I think it's genius in terms of the fact that (laughs) I'm just laughing because I'm trying to get my dog somewhat famous, but I'm not consistent with it. So I'm laughing at myself because you brought this up, but I do think that like, if you can be consistent with it, especially with like all of the TikTok features where you can sort of adapt a voice for your dog um, can be quite entertaining and really grow, but like you have to be consistent and post daily and, and be able to come up with new content, right? Like every day. And, um, I sort of took on the same challenge to try to do it for my dog and post every other day. And I totally failed. And like, was like, okay, I can't do this. (laughs) Like I'm lucky if I remember to post once a week for her. Um, so I think I'm going to stick to my day job of just doing it for other people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love that. So, you know, if you do something, I mean, it makes sense. Okay. If you're, if you're an influencer and you're a model, you know, then you've got places like makeup and stuff like that, that want you to, to push their stuff, you know, and if you're a uh, recipe or a chef or those kind of things, uh, you know, then it makes sense. Those kind of things. When we start talking about things more obscure like that, you know, like our dogs or whatever, what kind of uh, brands would be interested in, in investing in stuff like that? You know, 
if you're talking about a dog, it's mostly going to be actually, it's quite interesting if you actually have them talk, but obviously I'm going to say the normal pet food brands, but then there's also like so many home and lifestyle brands that where, where dogs appeal to a certain type of audience. Um, and there's a lot of like home, home brands that they can also do insurance, right? Like anything that a dog owner, um, buys is something that a dog can promote. It makes total sense. All right. Especially so if it can with- talk, <laughs> you know, especially if it can talk and you're going to put a voice behind it. <laughs> There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll, we'll move away from my cute little mocha now um, and, and move on to some other okay, things. Okay. But I, Steve, you have to send me a photo after. Cause now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll send maybe, you pictures of mochas. Maybe, I'll maybe take, even some maybe, videos. I was going to say, maybe I'll take her on. <laughs> It'll oh, be my first pet. Well, I have, I have 40 videos done of her reading a book that I wrote. So, um, you know, it's not like it's just a pipe dream. It is something I have put a little bit of work into. So <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, for most of us, I mean, there are those people that are just stunning, you know, they just, I don't know, they came out of the womb beautiful or something, you know what I mean? But for most of us, we don't feel that way about ourselves. Right. You know, I mean, and, uh, for the average person, um, can you speak a little bit to the on camera, questions that people all have about themselves that probably really aren't really true when it comes to the brands that would you know have them if they stepped out and really had the courage to do it I feel like I need you to reword this question about a bit sure so for me to like understand what you're asking I'm sorry (laughs) basically you know I mean if you think about all the self-doubt that all of us have um how how real is it that we need to be a beautiful model in order to really get a deal with people like what you deal with? Okay. Um, I feel like in this day and age, like Steve, maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, even when social media started, you know, the influencers and the content creators were honestly like actors and influencers. I think that people saw on TV, that was mostly how, I think social media even started and those people started getting a following. And then we started getting actual creative, this sounds about actual creative, creative content creators that looked like every, everything you could imagine in this world, there was a, there's a content creator in that niche, right? Like it almost didn't matter who or what you looked like in order to get a following, especially if it fit your brand if that makes sense in some capacity, right? Like you can really make your looks fit your brand as well. I mean, it depends what you're going for. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's so hard to say that, oh, it's all about your looks right now, because I almost would say it's more about your content that you're creating than your looks at this point. You have to create good, you know, a really pretty person can create terrible content and they're not going to get selected to create a reel at home, you know? Totally understand that. So, um, I mean, I don't even know exactly the next question I want to ask, but let's take it this direction. 
um, for all of the wannabes, and I don't mean that as a diss, I really don't, but the people who really want to be, uh, you know, an influencer and in that realm, uh, but they're not there yet. What would be the biggest piece of advice you would give them? Is it is it equipment? Is it clothing? Is it just being consistent? What what would be the very biggest thing that they really need to do if they want to really achieve that level? Um, I'm going to say two things. I think pick a niche and being consistent, but making sure that it's still good content and, and entertaining in some capacity. Right. And, and I think I could expand on that, but like really the biggest thing here is like, you have to, you have to want it and like make it almost your full-time job. If you want to see a full-time salary in, in, in response to that, you know, and, and I don't know, I do really think like, if you can keep up your, your hard work and consistency and putting out good content out there, I do think that you will see a return and it might take a long time, you know, and, and people have to dedicate a long time for it to, to possibly be successful, but the same thing goes for any job that you do out there, you know, or go on a reality show. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Go on a reality show and make up a whole new persona for who you are. Yeah, there you go. Totally. Totally. (laughs) So, um, what level does a person need to be at and then how can they work with you? Yeah. So I, I would say, I typically am looking for new clients that are already making six figures in a social media space that are too busy and are looking for management to help them organize their life essentially and negotiate on their behalf. And I do a lot more things like help them with their content calendar and invoicing and so many behind the scenes things that I'm just here to help them with and manage for them. So that's really my goal right now. And you can always email me emails the best, even if it takes me a week to respond, I will hopefully get back to you. Um, And honestly, even Steve, if there's anyone that's interested in the field or anything like that, you can always email me and I'm happy to chat. Um, My email is Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y at little red, because I do have red hair. So little red, M-G-M-T.com. I love that. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you do and you sharing some insights with us. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. It was a pleasure chatting with you and let me know if you ever have any questions. Those were some great suggestions for things that you can do on social media, ways to be able to make your brand more exposed, but most importantly, ways that you can take your story and really empower yourself first off, but then also empower the people that are reading them, listening to them, that are connecting with you. It's the stories that move us. It's the story that moves you. It's that story that got you doing that thing that you're doing now. And it's that story when you retell it that lets your customers, your clients, the people you were meant to serve and work with, lets them be able to really engage with you and be able to make the difference in this world that you're meant to make. Because I know you've heard this before. 
You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. They really do. It's so amazing the things that you're meant to do. And I think all of us suffer sometimes from being able to see the incredibleness that is us. You see, and I haven't brought this one up for a long time, but I want to remind you, the true definition of the word humility is a right perspective of yourself. It's the capability to be able to recognize the things that you do well as well as the things that you don't do well and just say them matter-of-factly. When we have to diminish ourselves in order to make others around us feel comfortable, that typically is a part of a self-esteem issue within us that we feel like we have to dim our light in order to make people feel okay. Um, and you shouldn't do that. It's just purely, you don't have to brag about yourself because that would be the other side of that same coin. Diminish yourself, bragging about yourself, they're both the same thing, just opposite ends of the coin. What it should just simply be is, hey, I'm really great at this particular thing. I really, really am not good at that other thing. And you just say them, it just is what it is. If you happen to have brown hair, you have brown hair. Now you can dye your hair, but that doesn't mean that your hair changed, it just means that you colored it. If you have blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes or whatever, you can wear colored contacts, but that doesn't mean your eyes changed. It just means that you've changed what people can see. But the real you, the real humility comes from just knowing, hey, I have brown hair and blue eyes. It is who I am. And being able to say it just that simply, that's just purely being humble. And then you take that you combine that with the amazing story of the incredible you that is you, all those things that you've come through, and you share that with the world. That story moves you. It got you propelling you towards the thing that you need to do. And each day you take it up like, like a challenge to be able to be the best you you can be today. And then you share that story with the world. And you give others an opportunity to become a part of that story, to work with you, to join with you, to be the thriving entrepreneur that they're meant to be and you're meant to be as well. And then together, we all live as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write publish and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books. And now they're best-selling authors. And you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message. And I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. 
go to AskSteveKid.com and schedule a time to talk today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.